Hello, I'm Regina Botras and welcome backstage where we talk with theatre makers from actors, directors, writers, theatre heads and beyond. And in this podcast, we go backstage with dancer and choreographer Shannon Burns. This went to air in March 2021. She has danced internationally, worked with some of Australia's leading choreographers, including Kelly Abbey, The Squared Division, William Forsyth, Keith Hawley, and goes on. She's performed in Fame and Greece for the Australian tour, previous Opera Australia productions, including La Traviata and Carmen on Sydney Harbour. She's made regular television appearances on The X Factor, The Voice, Australian Idol, Australia's Next Top Model, and she's now the choreographer for La Traviata, and she's here to talk to me about her life as a dancer and now moving into choreography. Welcome, Shannon Burns. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. We will have a chat about La Traviata, and it was meant to go up last year. But before we do, I want to get a sense of how you became a dancer in the first place. Where, where did you begin life, first of all? Oh, well, I grew up in the central Queensland town of Gladstone. I I had three older siblings. Uh, I was a little surprised 10 years <laughs> later, and they were all into the arts. They were all into their singing, dancing, acting, the work. So I, I essentially was born onto the stage. I think my first costume spit over a nappy, <laughs> which was fun. So, yeah, I just – I was born into it. I danced my, my whole childhood, but I was also a very serious – gymnast as well Uh, and I don't know how my parents did it actually living in a small town I was sort of able to make it work I used to dance every morning and train every night and do a bit of both on the weekends Uh, and then it wasn't until I was sort of into my teens that I actually won a scholarship uh, to go down to Melbourne and do a couple of weeks with Christine Walsh Um, who has a ballet school down there. And, you know, up until that point, ballet had really been just something that I did because I knew it was good for me. It wasn't really a passion of mine at that time, but it just really changed the game. It was just that her way of teaching was just very different to what I had experienced before, very expressive, uh, having a pianist in the room and, and, and dancing to that. And I knew from that minute, I said to mum and dad, I was like, I need to, I need to move here next year and study full time. And they sort of said, well, um, her school in particular, you, you did school by distance education. And obviously Melbourne is quite a long way away from central Queensland. So they said, well, just hold your horses for mm-hmm. a little second. Let's see maybe if there's something else around that might be suitable so I ended up uh, moving down to Brisbane and doing the Queensland Dance School of Excellence studying ballet full-time there while I finished my grade 11 and 12 um, and loved it Uh, really sort of just dived into that contemporary classical world and loved every second of it and then it was by chance actually at the end of that two years that I I auditioned for a lot of classical contemporary kind of schools and just as a sort of off on the side, my friend said to me, I'm going to the ED5 audition, which was a performing arts course. I think you should just come for fun. And it wasn't really on my radar. But then once I got there, I just, you know, I'd done all of my performing arts stuff my whole life. Um, It was skills that I had. And I think as soon as I got in that room, I thought, oh, I really want to utilize these skills as well. I don't want to 
limit myself just to the ballet and contemporary side. So I ended up coming down to Sydney doing doing that course for a year and then my career sort of took off from there. Is that more of a, um, like you say, performance sort of school? Like, And what is that sort of difference? And also, before we go on, I just, I grew up dancing as well. And I love that there was a live piano. I don't know if they, it still happens as much anymore, but just having a live pianist and that kind of importance of music as well in the, obviously in the dance world, but I think we can forget that sometimes. Definitely. And just that I think ballet can be, made so structured um for young people learning it that it kind of can can i mean it's important to have those foundations and 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 Mm. to be correct and but Mm. when you bring in the artistry it's what makes it so beautiful and i think just having the piano in the room really helps guide that um and it's live it's so live yeah feels in the body and it changes your relationship with it I think mm. so tell me what what that school is like ED5 International I haven't heard of it and it's still in Sydney is it yes it is in Sydney so ED5 it's it's a performing arts course uh, they back in the day it was a little bit more rounded as far as commercial jazz uh, you, you do your commercial jazz your singing your theater jazz your musical theater you kind of contemporary ballet you cover kind of all parts of the professional industry and learn about that transition into the professional industry it is directed by uh, William Forsyth and Eleanor and Mario De Cinque and it's still running and they're they're very much focused on the musical side of things now Uh, it's a two-year course now it's kind of progressed and evolved uh, and they've got a lot of uh, very successful graduates coming out of there so um so what, ex- what do they give you as the tips to transition into professional? So I think, I, think, I think the biggest thing actually, uh, mm-hmm. while I think most students go to full time to enhance their skills, which obviously is very important and to refine their dancing, I actually think the biggest thing that you take away from it is a change in mindset and kind of really starting to understand what the industry is, what makes you hireable, what kind of jobs are available and what skills do you need to be appropriate for those, what kind of preparation, you know, getting your songbooks ready for auditions, having your monologues ready for auditions, knowing kind of who you are as an artist and what you have to offer and and how to put that forward uh, with the best foot. So uh, I think in a big way it's kind of getting out of, You know, when you go through dance school, it's very much about sometimes competitions and getting very good grades and exams and 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 ticking all those boxes, which are a very important part of the process. And then I think that full time uh, study is then bridging that gap between being a student and a professional. Mm -hmm. And how is it to survive as a dancer? For you how have you managed that <laughs> you know what i i love it i think it definitely takes a certain type of personality uh it's a brutal industry you're, yeah. you're faced with rejection a lot uh there's there's a lot of dancers in this com- this country a lot of amazing dancers and you know not a huge amount of work so 
you need a, a huge amount of resilience and you need to be hard on yourself. You know, you need to, to keep up with your training. You need to keep expanding, keep growing, keep getting better, keep evolving with an ever-changing industry. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I'd be lying to say that it's easy, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't feel like I've ever really worked a day in my life. You, I, there's nothing I love more than, than getting in the studio or getting on the stage or, you know, anything, anything around what we do um, is always just a pure joy. So mm. uh, you kind of, you, you've got to take the bad with the good, I guess. Yeah. So you've danced in La Traviata and now you are taking the reins in the choreography. Have you just taken your own... Um, I don't know, signature to it or have you taken what you've learned? I mean, I guess it's always a bit of both, but what has made this, what has, what has, what has turned you from dancer into choreographer, first of all, I suppose? Yeah, well, I think as far as the transition, I think for me it was just a natural progression that happened gradually and organically. It wasn't anything that I ever really pressed, but I think you go from a dancer and then, you move into dance captain roles. When I was doing musicals, I was swinging. So you're already in that kind of mindset of seeing a show as a whole rather than just worrying about yourself in, in those sections. And then you assist choreographers and then uh, eventually you get some breaks where where you're, you're there and you're doing the choreography yourself. And um, you just take everything that you've learned along the way and... I just love it, actually. I I feel very at home in this position. So what is it like dancing on that big outdoor stage there in the Handa Opera? It is very special. I mean, when you have had a week like the week we've just had. I know. <laughs> special moments. Challenges. <laughs> Four dancers have just been out there with wet, soggy socks all week, just mm. getting it up and happening. But it looks like the sunshine's coming. Um, so, so we're happy about that, but it is, you're just out in this expanse. You, we're so lucky in Sydney. Like, Mm. I think we forget we're in the, when we're in the hustle and bustle of day to day life, just how beautiful this city is. And, you know, we've got the Sydney Opera House, the Harbour Bridge in the background, and then our stage, I mean, we're set in Paris. So then we've got the Parisian skyline sort of opposing that on the back of our stage and it's it's very special what what yeah what style of dance is it ballet contemporary what what is coming through so the 2012 version that i did was choreographed by stephen baines uh who has done a lot of work for the australian ballet and so we were it was very classical driven in the 2012 mm. version. Uh, coming in this time, the show is under new direction by Constantine Costi, uh, yes. but we have the original design by Brian Tops- Thompson, which has been updated a little bit. Um, so this, we are kind of set in the 50s. The design is quite 50s. Mm. Uh, so Con has come in with a very um, different lens and we've really tried to play off that you know, that the 50s is a wonderful era of inspiration, especially as far as dance is concerned. It's the time of Jean Kelly and Sid Charisse and Erin, you know, all the greats. So we've had a lot of fun with that. And we've we've brought a lot of that element to the choreography. So 
it's there are classical elements obviously we're dancing to classical music and there has to be uh, but there's definitely that undertone of sort of MGM movie musical movie musical excuse me um jazz about it as well which has been a lot of fun to inject oh, yeah what fun how was it you were just about to go up when it was pulled down last year how what was the feeling at the time and what have you done in the year between then and now oh yeah i it it was devastating i think mm. mostly because we were one of the first productions we were in the first wave of things to be cancelled yeah. so it was a shock we i think covid we knew covid was coming we knew we didn't really know the extent of how bad it might be um and i think for us what we'd finished in the rehearsal room the whole show was up there were plans to film the show for cinema and so we i think in our minds we thought we're at least going to make it to stage we're at least going to get that first week in and film and you know i just don't think we thought it would fall to pieces mm-hmm. so quickly uh, so it was devastating for everyone because a production like this takes an army uh, to get happening and pre-production had been going for for a long time before we even got in the rehearsal room and you know just the site itself the stage was built uh what goes into this event as far as the infrastructure is unbelievable so Mm. it was it was devastating for everybody but then i think you couldn't feel sorry for yourself for very long because it was happening worldwide to everybody in every industry and you know people also you know are losing their health and their livelihoods and so you sort of come back down to earth pretty quickly and you go well you know mm. you've just got to you just got to take it on the chin and go with it i think we're uh, some of the lucky ones that we're actually seeing it go back up this year because not yeah, everybody yeah. has had that opportunity so i feel like we're we're the lucky ones really really lucky hundred percent audiences which is just phenomenal i have to ask as a dancer the thing that i grew up knowing is that your life on the stage was limited by your age you had a very short career to be able to perform or has that changed now do you think i think it's i think it's an individual thing i think the roles are there if you want to be the the person that's on stage you know if that's if that's where i think I think it is a different path for everybody. I think some people, they dance and then that becomes a chapter in their life where then the book closes and they move on to something else. I think some people dance and then they move into other creative roles, uh, whether it's choreography or production or casting or, you know, there's so many fields um, that are still in the world that that you can then sort of move forward to. so I think I think it is an individual thing, but yeah, something that's definitely always in the back of your mind as a dancer of, you know, where is this leading to and and what's next? I know because it's not also not only about what other people want or auditions, but it's also your body as you age. Obviously, you can't have as much flexibility as at 40, 50, etc. as you can as a twenty or thirty year old, right? True, it's so true. And then it's that way up of 
you know, what you're physically capable of. But then when you do have people who have a world of experience under their belt on stage, you really can't compare that either. Mm, so yeah. it, it's kind of that balance of, yeah, you want you need to be able to uh, be physically capable of all the things that are asked of you. But, um, yeah, experience really does go a long way as far mm. as performance. One last question. Do you remember that first production with the when you were in a nappy? What was the costume and what were you in? <laughs> oh my gosh, it would have been it would have been terrible. I mean, there's a few that <laughs> I I I did have like a little little teeny tiny white tails with a little blue leotard underneath, and there may have even been a teeny tiny top hat. Oh, great. Sounds good. Something a bit like uh, putting on the Ritz or something. <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. Oh, Shannon Burns, thank you so much for joining me. me. Oh, thank you for having me. I look forward to La Traviata at Handa Opera. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we're very excited to get it up and happening. It's been a long time in the making. And that was Shannon Burns. She is the choreographer of La Traviata, which is playing at Handa Opera from Friday until the 25th of April. What a space to get out into on the harbour to watch some opera in the 50s style in Paris. What fun.